Blog Talk Radio. Quiet, please. provide you with guests and the information you're going to want to have, whether you're a filmmaker or a fan. And so now, let's move behind the scenes here at Movie Beat. First, I want to tell you that my guests today are casting directors Jane Jenkins and Janet Hershenson. They've been casting for a very long time with major players. They've developed, uh, discovered and developed major talent, and uh, we're going to be come, uh, chatting with them in just a few moments. But first, let me tell uh, you that the chat room is now open. Uh, you can join us there. If you're listening in live, please do so. And uh, Movie Beat is really designed to be a resource for you, and that's why I connect you up with professionals who are making it happen. I want to thank all my listeners and readers for joining us today live, or if you're listening to this as an archived show or as a podcast, thanks for tuning in, and thank you so much for sharing uh, Rex Sykes Movie Beat with your friends and your connections. Uh, RexSykes.com is the official site, it's R-E-X-S-I-K-E-S.com, that's my name, and you can uh, subscribe to the official site by clicking on the RSS feed right there at the welcome page. So if you're listening live or archived, please do this. Call up someone right now. Tell them, hey, you know what, I'm listening to Rex Sykes Movie Beat, and uh, the guests today are casting directors, Jane Jenkins and Janet Hershenson, and you're going to want to listen to this. Retweet it. Get on Twitter and tweet about it now, or Facebook, or use your favorite social media means. Um, email someone, or just look across the room and say, hey, come here, listen in on this. And, uh, and, and reach out to others and have them listen, because uh, I've got guests each and every show who are so generous with their time, so generous with valuable information uh, to help you advance your career, to help you get your projects done, to help you make a difference in what it is that you're doing. We really pull back the veil. We expose the inner workings. We go in for insider information, the how-tos, the what to do, what not to do, uh, to give you suggestions, tips, advice, so that you can work smarter, faster, easier, and so you don't have to reinvent the wheel. So be sure to share the show with others so uh, that we can extend our reach so that my guests can touch as many people as possible. Um, if you do that for, for us, we are absolutely uh, in your debt. And in exchange, we provide you with this fabulous information that I think is crucial in today's day and age, uh, and you're going to want to ha- get your hands on it in any way that you can. So um, go ahead and share. I want to welcome the people who are in the chat room, and I want to introduce you to my guests, Jane Jenkins and Janet Hershenson have been uh, casting since the early 80s. They started with Zoetrope uh, Studios, which uh, Francis Ford Coppola founded. They have worked 
with some of Hollywood's most exciting directors, Ron Howard, Rob Reiner, Chris Columbus, John Hughes, Wolfgang Peterson, Tim Burton, Brian De Palma, David Lynch, Steven Spielberg, Jerry Zucker. And um, they also developed some talent or discovered some talent. Uh, you might recognize some of these names as well. Alec Baldwin, Steve Carell, Tom Cruise, John Cusack, Matt Damon, Benicio Del Toro, Leonardo DiCaprio, John Cusack, uh, let's see, Anthony Edwards, Emilio Estevez, Brendan Fraser, Anthony Garcia, Scarlett Johansson, Diane Lane, Rob Lowe, Michael Keaton, Tom McLaughlin. I mean, I can go on and on and on and on, believe me. Uh, you know, naming Daniel Craig, Josh Lucas, Shia LaBeouf, uh, Megan Fox, and so many others. These uh, ladies are extraordinary at what they do. They've worked with Hollywood's Best and have uh, provided us with Hollywood's Best. And... Uh, we have the opportunity to chat with them about uh, how to uh, advance your career and, and make a difference with what you're doing as an actor, uh, maybe you're a director or producer, and why you need a, a, a good casting director for your project. Um, but right now I want to bring them on. Jane, Janet, you there? We're here. Hi, Rex. <laughs> Hi, welcome. Happy Tuesday. And um, you're there in California where it's really, really hot. It I is. don't know it's yet. Really it's early. <laughs> it's early today, but it has been hot. It's been as much as 114. But speaking of that, we want people to have hot careers, and you're responsible for a lot of hot careers uh, in Hollywood. So far, it's been a good. It's been a very good run. But you know, it's always the luck of the draw and the and the timing that's involved in making anybody's career. I think. Absolutely. Well, and, and I want to ask you about that because uh, you are also the author of a, a really fascinating book called A Star is Found uh, by uh, Janet Hershenson with Jane, and Jane Jenkins with uh, Rachel Krantz. And it says, Our Adventures Casting Some of Hollywood's Biggest Movies. Um, I have the book. I love it. Uh, it's available at uh, Amazon, I believe. Mm-hmm. should be in local bookstores, but it's definitely available at, at, at Amazon. It's a Harvest book, Hardcourt Incorporated, uh, but it's an excellent book. And, and what you do, I mean, right out of the gate, uh, you kind of reveal uh, some information that I don't think people really are aware of, and that's kind of the structure or hierarchy uh, in the acting system um, that you as casting directors, you know, recognize and, and, uh, and, and uh, I guess, work to fill or, or, or um, work with to make uh, – you know, projects happen. Uh, can we talk a little bit about that, about the structure, about the hierarchy from no names to superstar? Sure. Can you elaborate for the listeners what the different uh, categories are? Well, they, sure. you know, I don't think that they're prescribed categories that are written in stone any anywhere, but from superstars like the Tom Cruises and the Tom Hanks or the Julia Roberts, to the wannabes, who are the unknowns, who are trying just to get an agent and get a foot in the door. There is, there are degrees of people who are working actors, well-known actors, actors who are on the must-get list, and so it's a rather informal, you know, uh, sort of gradation system. But as people work their way up or down the ladder, they fall into one category or another. And for you, you, when you work on a movie, there's going to be a few parts that, as we say, we need a name. We need somebody recognizable, and then it could be within whatever parameter of recognizable. And then sort of one of the joys actually is when it can be a total unknown, and you can actually start auditioning people. Uh, so it, 
it uh, you know it uh, generally speaking you want somebody recognizable in your movie to some extent or other well, the reason I ask is because I think that a, a lot of people just assume that, you know, I'm 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 going to begin my career. I've got my headshots. Uh, I'm lucky enough. Maybe I get an agent. Uh, hopefully I get my SAG card or after card or union card of some form. And uh, and then it's all easy street. And, and yet it, it really isn't. I mean, there, there's a lot of hard work and a lot of effort that goes into it, but there's also... I suppose needs. I mean, if you're if you're looking for a name or a recognizable actor and and uh, you know somebody whole, that's not recognizable of, won't get that job. <laughs> well, right. And, and, and but but that but uh, but I think that for the benefit of the people out there listening, if they understand that they're going to be working their way up to become recognizable, and from there there are these different categories. Because I mean, even in the book, you you draw a distinction between the superstar and the star. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, well, there and, are there are the superstars are the people who pretty much guarantee that the movie will get made and that will that it will have an opening weekend, which is very important. And I think that the most important thing for everybody to understand is show business is a business, and it really has to operate like a business. And the the the, the financial aspects of it are just as, if not more, important than the artistic aspects of it because if the films don't make money then the producers and the studios won't be able to continue to make them there's there's no show without the business basically oh very true and 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 that is what i hope we can continue to discuss here is because um uh, we're, we're trying to to make in you know explicit the the business of 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 what we do, of show business, and and the, uh, I I sometimes do this, but when I was an actor in Hollywood, uh, primarily as a as a younger person, uh, you know, we were told, you know, just be the best actor you can, or or hope for an Academy Award, or that it was all about acting and nothing else, and you had to live it 24 hours a day, but there weren't at that time many programs, or or for for me at least, there weren't mentors who said you, you need to understand how this business works. It seemed to be a crapshoot. Today, there seems to be much more information and much more understanding that, you know what, this is a business like any other business, and you need to approach it that way. So the, the more business savvy we can be, the uh, perhaps, you know, that with luck, the, the greater success we can have. Would you agree? Well, I think that it was probably a little easier back then, and the stakes weren't quite as high. Movies didn't cost $100 million. Mm-hmm. I think even extravagant films like Cleopatra, which was you know one of the the biggest you know expensive movies ever, were you know a few million dollars, maybe ten million dollars. I really don't right. remember what it what it cost. But when you think of the difference in the financial impact of putting together a movie like Avatar, which right. cost over three hundred million dollars, I mean it's just so, sort of astronomical numbers. So it becomes a lot more, there's a lot more involved than just being an actor. It's part of being in, in a very big business. And it's very. It's a very difficult business. It's an enormously competitive business, and the stakes are pretty high. I mean, it's tricky because an actor still needs to come in, and it's about being a good actor, ultimately. Um, you have to be aware of all the other business stuff and have people around you, but it, it's... Uh, 
you know, you have to do all the business. When you come in the room for a reading, you have to, you know, open your heart, let it flow out, and people may they say, no, thanks, you got to pick it up and walk out the door and on to the next. <laughs> true, true. Now, mm-hmm. my guess is that you hope that every person who walks through the door is the, the person who's going to get the role. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Job's so much easier. So yeah. you're you're really on this. You're really pulling for the actor and on the side of the actor. Totally, mm-hmm, absolutely. And then it, you know, sometimes it it doesn't. It's not whoever gets does the best reading is going to win this job. There could be many other factors involved. Could be you're matching a family. You're never going to be in this family, no matter how good you are. You're not going to be in this movie, though. You know, we liked you very much, and two months down the line, we may start something. Remember that really interesting actor that was wrong the last time we saw them. Absolutely, that's, that's excellent points. Could you, can you? Uh, are there other factors that you again can elaborate on uh, why someone doesn't get the role? Obviously, they don't look like the family, or they don't fit. Um, are there other considerations, or maybe the studio's looking for a name or something, and they don't fit that? All of those, and then it can be sometimes it could be somebody that we love, and the director likes somebody else, uh, and the director's going to win that for sure. Um, so it's 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 who seems the most right at that moment um and it it uh you know it, it it could be say say you're looking for the best friend of a leading lady well one particular actress is a little hotter than the leading lady that won't do and you know? so <laughs> as good as sense. they may be it's really the wrong dynamic so yeah so the star can also have a say in who gets cast well, it's not about the star, it's about the movie. I mean, if if, right. if you do it, yeah. I mean, the, a star can at some point also, but it's uh, it's really somebody may be terrific, but it really is not does not work for the dynamic of, of that role. So an actor probably would be far better off if they understand that this is a team project and that they fit in somehow and that they're there to contribute. But this, while, while in their head they may think, this is my big break and I'm going to be able to eat for the next month, um, really mm-hmm. they... You know, if 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 they're cooperative and and collaborative, they they may have a better chance as well. Would that very, be very 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 well said? It really is. the 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 whole process is is a team effort, and the actors are part of the overhaul fabric of of the picture. And everybody needs to feel as if they are indigenous to that. And and nobody should stand out, so that you're looking for a certain kind of flow to the entire um, film. I mean, one of the things that does not work is if you're going to be playing bartender number two, the scene is not about bartender two's adventures and the people that come into his bar. So it's 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 not about the scene is not about you, though. You know, you have to do your your contribution, but it's. It's uh, you know the the way not to get a job is to come in and sort of have that in your head. Well, I have a question right now, right out of the gate from from the uh, chat room by uh, Debolus One, and they and they ask this question: What uh, what you would do about actors who has uh, out of control attitude? He says I've worked with unknowns and established actors, and found unknowns have more of a diva attitude than the established actors. Um, and then <laughs> somebody. Uh, uh, Animal, I can't, I can't quite read their name. Animal Green says, uh, "Do you need to be a diva to get the big jobs?" Um, but so, no. so uh, no. <laughs> but uh, no, that's a good way to ensure that you won't get any jobs. Right. So attitude. I mean, it is important that they have the correct attitude. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, it, yeah, it can. I mean, it's sort of the um, attitude and no talent will certainly get you nowhere. Uh, it depends on, you know, where you do the attitude. And it's it's generally speaking, you know, it's somebody's not going to rise to the top and then get an attitude per se. I mean, there may be one because there's a certain amount of protection one has to do. So it's, but, you know, sort of not being cooperative and, and sort of being a jerk doesn't make me want to bring you in. Yeah, and it falls into the life is just too short category. You know, making a movie is very hard work. And to have one um, rotten apple on the on the set really throws the whole thing off. That it's happened a, to me on a movie. Big, it was a, a, a low-budget film and really sweet people. And some friend of somebody we knew got a job. He went, it was just a small part, went and was such a jerk. It's one of the only times that, a productionist called me about somebody. Well, that guy was never going to work in a, one of my movies again. He totally screwed that up. I was, that was like an unforgivable, unforgivable sin. Wow. Wow, yeah. it's a shame, too. I mean, it's, it's, but, that, but that's why we ask you about this, because for people out there who are, and when I say young actors, I don't necessarily mean, you know, young in age, just people who are young in the business, um, that uh, that they understand. I mean, that the, the you know they may be meeting you or a director or a cast or crew for the first time, and, and the decorum um, and, and the professionalism that is, that is required in order to sustain a career. Uh, be, uh, let me ask you this: um, you, you have this you know huge roster of, of talent that you discovered, and and in your book you talk about Russell Crowe and a beautiful mind and working with Ron Howard. I was lucky enough. I was on the set of Virtuosity. I think it was like 1994 and 95, and it was Denzel Washington. And I wasn't working it, but I was there as a guest and, and Russell Crowe. Now, I, you know, I found him interesting. The movie came out a very short time after afterwards, maybe six months or something. I mean, it was. It was what is it about Russell Crowe? How did you, you know, I mean, what is it about talent? How do you spot talent? What do you, what do you, what, what? Um, well, Russell, Russell was somebody that was spotted somewhere else along the, the line, and I think that he came into um, the consciousness of American casting and uh, through, yeah, yeah, well before that. But he's just a consummate actor, and he totally takes on the the, the character that he is portraying, and he's an extraordinarily gifted human beings so um you know you you are lucky to have him in in your film oh absolutely i i guess what i mean is that that in the snippet you know people come in to meet you or audition they have a limited amount of time and there are you know cold reading workshops and audition uh classes nowadays but but you know what is it what what I know it's not really a fair question. It's like asking somebody. Well, to, uh, it's it's hard to describe, you, but he, you know, yeah. somebody like Tom Cruise is easier to to speak to because he is somebody that in the olden days did come in to audition, um, uh, whether it was on The Outsiders or years after The Outsiders. There was another film that we worked on called Grand. Shortly after US. The Outsiders. Shortly after, yes, it was shortly. But shortly after The Outsiders, there was another film called Grand View USA, um, uh-huh. which was not an enormously successful film, but Tom came in to audition for that film, and he did not get the job. 
because we were putting together a, a group of people, and for whatever reason, the director felt that um, actually C. Thomas Howell got that job, uh-huh. and um, they had worked together in The Outsiders, of course, and they were very happy to see each other in the waiting room. But even Tom Cruise doesn't didn't get every single job that he ever auditioned for. But the thing that was interesting about Tom Cruise is that he had a real spark of something even then, and even after he became enormously successful, I mean, cut to, I had not seen him from uh, Grandview, USA, to when we were working on um, a, a few good men with Rob Reiner, and now he's a big star and the star of the movie, and he was gracious to every actor that came in to read with him. He was gracious with me. He remembered, you know, the audition. There is an attitude, I think, that someone like that carries of just um, enjoying what they've accomplished and appreciative of what they've been able to accomplish. And I've never seen any attitude demonstrated in people like that who have gone from very humble beginnings and know what the struggle is all about to coming in and auditioning and then getting that lucky break in a a movie like Risky Business and becoming a big sensational star. I mean, what do you mean? He always had confidence without being cocky. Confidence and and curiosity. Well, if we if we go back to the teens, if we go back to Claire Bowe and you know the notion of the it girl. You know, mm-hmm. there are these people who seem to exude it, or they seem to have. You know, you go, this person will be a star, and that mm-hmm. person is not. You know, I mean, it's, can you can you bring us any closer to an understanding of what what that chemistry is? Well, or? when we were starting, uh, just at, before we were starting Transformers, I got a call from an agent that said they had a young actress that could be right for Transformers and somebody we should know. She was 18 years old. She walked in, she, Megan walked in the room. Jane and I, like, fell off our chairs. Yes. <laughs> totally <laughs> fell off. We literally, I think a gasp came out of us. And we, it wasn't even a reading. We were just chatting with her. And, uh, I mean, for me, that was, that was cast at that moment. Well, I, you know, I heard someone say, for example, about Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, I think it was when he did the Gary Gilmore story. They said, and uh, and I and I love Tommy Lee Jones, but I've never thought of him as as charismatic. You know, in the roles that he plays, I think of him more along the lines. And while he has a great range, I think of him more along the lines of uh, what a country for old men, or is it There Will mm-hmm. Be Blood? Um, you, you know, he's a character actor. He's a character actor, but under spoke. But this this person, this director said, you know, he could light up a room like no one else. That he had this charisma in the office, and I was like, because you know, I just have never seen that. But but then you know, we heard about Al Gore, who uh, you know, who was very wooden in front of the camera. But my sister, who's a, a filmmaker and author and, and a journalist, interviewed him, and she said he was as 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 lit up and as mm-hmm. as um, dynamic as Bill Clinton ever was. But the second the cameras turned on, he, you know, you wouldn't mm-hmm. know it. And, and I always, you know, well, I always thought about that with Tommy Lee Jones. That, that well, and then Al Gore and he were roommates. So that, but, 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 but that kind of thing, that kind of, you know, you see something. Besides being, you know, a technician or able to do. Well, let me ask you this: what What is your criteria for uh, an actor uh, in the audition process? We know that they may not get it for a variety of reasons, but what makes a successful audition for you when when they come in? 
uh, and they're reading or meeting you for the first time, what do they need to know and what do they have to accomplish? Well, and, I think... And, and, do, and, and, like, and let me... Can I follow that up with... Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and can they get the job and blow the audition? In other words, they, you know, because some people just don't read well, you know, but... All of all of those all of those things. I think that what an actor wants to accomplish in an audition, aside from getting the job, but you know the chances of getting that particular job are are, are pretty small. You know, twenty, thirty, fifty actors all audition for the same part, and only one of them can get it. Uh-huh. For example, the very first time I ever met Meg Ryan, I think she was maybe nineteen years old. And I was in New York meeting actresses for Rob Reiner's first film, The Sure Thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought she was absolutely adorable. I thought she was charming, funny, had a certain something. There was a light there, you know. And I brought her back to meet with Rob, and he really liked her a lot. And he said, she's terrific. I'm not going to hire her. She's really not quite the right girl for this. Wow. Uh, subsequently, she went on to do a couple of you know, nice little parts in other films, and then we were doing The Princess Bride, and I brought her in again, Uh and he said, you know, she is the most adorable girl in the world, but I don't think she's really buttercup, keep looking. Wow. And she went on, and she did some other films, and meanwhile, all this time, she kept getting other parts in other films, and her career was moving along, and people were beginning to take some serious note of her. And then we were doing When Harry Met Sally, and the rest, as they say, is history. Right. So it's not about getting the, the, that first job. What she left us with and me with was an impression of an incredibly talented, charming, funny, delightful human being that um, one wants to be engaged with, whether it's uh, being watching them in a particular part. There's uh, There was a whole environment about her that kept me wanting to help her get the next job. Kept We kept bringing her in, bringing her in, and bringing her in. And, and for a while there, she tested on just about every, she tested on Ferris Bueller. She, we tested her on every movie we were yeah. doing at that point. She was sort of the happening girl who hadn't quite happened yet. <laughs> so right. it, it's it's such a strange confluence of circumstances that bring it all together for an actor. Could she have done uh, Daphne Zunica's part in The Sure Thing? I'm sure she could have. It would have been a different movie. Would it have worked as well? Who, who knows? It's that unknown aspect of all of this that makes it all such a crapshoot and makes it all such a fascinating job as a casting director and makes the actor's life uh, either bittersweet or, you know, miserable. <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to put that into a, a concise sentence because it's it's just um, impossible to try to illustrate what it is that makes that made her not right and Daphne Zuniga more well, it was right. Well, quali- it was a quality. It was sort of what that that quality that what Harry met Sally brought out or what she brought to that was not the character in the sure thing. The sure thing was much more buttoned down girl. So it would have been trying to tamp down that that thing in Meg. So it probably was really good a, a good choice on Rob's part. Well, I, I think what's what's happening here in in this conversation and, and is is that we're illuminating 
you know so many things that are beneficial for the actor. I mean, again, when I was when I, when I was there in Hollywood doing this very thing, um, uh, you, you know, I, I don't think people quite understand it. You know, they leave an audition thinking, gee, I did my best, or I left my audition, you know, doing my worst, or they just don't understand me, or they go to the movie and see who got cast instead of them, and they either go, wow, the guy was brilliant, or the girl was brilliant, or they go, I could have done a better job. They don't really know all of the different factors that that go into uh why someone gets hired or why someone doesn't and you're and 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 what you're doing is you're helping illuminate that and helping i think us get a handle on on the on on the many different things that you know when you talk about Meg Ryan you know being the happening girl that it just wasn't happening for um I think people can understand that a little bit easier. The other thing is, is that in your book, again, it's a, it's a fabulous book, um, uh, right out of the gate, you make a, a, a startling, I, I thought, uh, a number of um, uh, here's here's who got the part and here's who was originally thought of for it. Like you, you mentioned Bogart in Casablanca and then tell us that um, George Raft was actually the first choice. And, mm-hmm. and and ask us to think, you know, how would the movie have been different? Maybe it would have been great, but, but it would have certainly been a different movie. And and I think that, see, your considerations are different, you know, I mean, and the director's considerations and the producer's considerations are different than the actor's consideration. Absolutely. Well, the actor can only, you know, only can see him or herself in mm-hmm. in this part as it should be. The actor doesn't have to consider the the rest of it when he, they come in for the audition the actor's only job for the audition is to do the best possible audition so you got to come and say this and, is my job and I'm getting it yeah <laughs> okay I, right. I think that they really need to have that positive attitude otherwise what's what's the point it's our job or the director's job to see the big picture of the entire film and see how all these piece, pieces fit in together but I think that all actors have to come in feeling that they are totally right for this part and give it their all. And that, you know, that becomes sort of the the actor's sort of nightmare and dream all at once is uh, somebody, you know, say a, a new actor, they've got they've got a great little week on a movie. Well, we our movie, we want him close to that same week. We can't use him because he's got another movie. Uh, so that would be sort of a dream and a nightmare for an actor. But it, it can be we could, we have the per- per person we want. They have a pickup on some movie. It may be around. We can't take a chance that it could conflict with ours. And so it's you know we move on. It's uh because you know, the Asian has always said, oh they can do it, they can do it. Not on my watch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not well, going to be sitting at you know six yeah, well, o'clock in the I, morning with uh, recast this. They can't work. Uh-uh. Wow. Yeah, well, Janet well, just jumped that transom from the actor auditioning to the, the 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 complications of actually getting the job and getting hired and the negotiations and the actual hiring process, which is a whole other part of what we do that doesn't get all that much attention, but is in many ways harder than auditioning all the actors and choosing the handful that are right. And that is because definitely. Go ahead, I'm sorry, go ahead. Because when you, when you come down to actually hiring people, there are so many things. There's a schedule to be uh, considered. There are other, there are, are the budgetary uh, constraints that are to, to be considered. There are so many other things involved. Once, once you've made a choice on actor A or B, and hopefully you always have a backup choice. Um, 
negotiating the contract and negotiating the deal becomes a whole other part of the big picture. And and we're not going to be able to cover all of that in this show, but I'd love to have you back for other shows, you know, to discuss more of this, and, and we can let listeners know about that later if, if, if you guys will. But, that would be um, great. That would be fantastic because there is so much to what you do and, you know, and, and what you just said and, and scheduling issues and, and all part of the negotiation stuff the behind the scenes that I think people should uh, get some education in. Uh, it's at that point where I'm going to need to take a little bit of a break here, uh, Jane and Janet, so uh, please uh, stand by while I do some announcements and, um, and, and talk to the listeners. I sure appreciate this. We're getting really great comments in the chat room. And, and people are very glad that you're the guest today and, and dispensing the information that you are. So thank you. I will take the break, and we'll be right back. Okay. All right. Uh, you're listening to RexSykes.com. That's Rex Sykes Movie Beat, the official website. Uh, go ahead. Be sure to make us a favorite, make us a friend, uh, follow us. If you're listening live or if you're listening archived, all of these interviews are archived at RexSykes.com in the interviews blog and at iTunes, this podcast, so be sure if uh, you have friends who can't listen live that you tell them about those other uh, avenues for them to listen and to benefit from the expertise of, of my guests. I want to give a shout-out to someone in in Porto Alegre, Brazil. I got a very nice letter the other day from Marco. I just want to say hi, Marco. He says he's enjoyed chats. Some of his favorites were with Nick Mancuso, Michael Pare, Douglas Dave Stewart. I can tell you, Marco, all those guests are coming back. They'll be on the show again. Thank you so much for listening in, and, and I appreciate it uh, that you reached out and contacted me. There are many letters that I get, and I haven't had the chance to, to read them. Let me go ahead and tell you about my upcoming guests. Uh, next up is Mitch Apley. He's a, uh, a documentary filmmaker, producer, director. Douglas Dave Stewart will be returning right after that. Daryl Morey and I will reminisce about the cult classic movie we made called Massacre at Central High shortly thereafter. He started as David, I as Rodney. And uh, we'll be talking about that. Christopher Lockhart from William Morris Endeavor, the story editor and producer, will be coming back after that. Then Film Courage, David Brannon and Karen Warden will be joining us. Uh, brilliant actor Eduardo Ballerini, who's in Boardwalk Empire, is coming up. Rick Overton, who you can see in Dinner for Schmuck, stand-up comic and actor, will be joining us. And, uh, and then Diane Nabatov, a uh, producer. There's so many more after, after that, but that'll suffice for now. And again, I want to remind you to reach out uh, share Rex Sykes Movie Beat with others so that they can benefit uh, from the expertise that's uh, shared by my generous guests. And we're listening today to uh, Jane Jenkins and uh, Janet Hershenson, uh, the casting studio and, uh, and authors of A Star is Found. So Jane and, and Janet, welcome. You know what I want you to do? Please, uh, Jane? Yeah. Okay, I just wanted to identify you by voices in case we hadn't done that earlier for the listeners, <laughs> <Okay. laughs> so that they know who's speaking when they're speaking. So this is Jane. This is Jane. And this is and Janet. This is, and this is Janet. All right, excellent, excellent. Actually, uh, and I, you, you mentioned Michael Pere. He was somebody yeah. we tested on The Outsiders, and Francis loved Michael Pere. He was. He, we called him the chef. I think he was. He was a, a chef. He was a chef. Also. He was a sous chef. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And 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 Rick Overton is also somebody that we've hired a number of times. Mm-hmm. But uh, but so Michael we'll Pere was somebody that Francis loved. But ultimately, Matt Dillon was just more right for that part. But Michael was somebody that was really down to the to the finals. Wow. Wow. Well, that's very cool. I'm thank you for sharing that. So um, you know, let me ask you this, uh, and, and just point blank, what? Does it take to make it in Hollywood? Perseverance. 
I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of somebody like Rick Overton, who has been uh-huh. around for a very long time, who I hired for a Ron Howard film called Willow, and he played mm-hmm. one of the brownies. <laughs> right. <laughs> little tiny, little tiny pe- people. And we hired him again on, on Mrs. Doubtfire, and uh, um, there are a number of films. And he's been at this for a very long time, uh, making a, a good living, I'm, I'm sure, is an enormously talented and funny guy. Will he ever become a superstar? I don't think so, but he has been a consistently um, interesting actor and has added immeasurably to all of the films that, that he has been in. And I think that it, if you ask him what it takes for him to sustain this career, it's probably his um, his love of the business and his love of his job, and his persistence in pursuing his uh, his goal. And well, there's a lot of luck and talent because there's not enough jobs for everybody. So it's you know sort of it's uh, it's it's not it's not a fair thing. It's not just work real hard and you'll make it. Maybe you will. Maybe you won't. Show business is tough. <laughs> Well, let me let me let me offer this. When I was when I was a younger actor, both in experience and in youth, um, and Jane and and I and I sat in your office years ago. The thing that I didn't understand, and that I maybe I understand a little bit better today, um, was that you know I wanted I wanted to be a star. I mean, that was all I could think of. You know, I want to be a star. I want to be the best actor I can be, but I want to be a star. I want to be famous. I want to I want to have this huge career. And a friend of mine in acting workshop, one day we were sitting out at coffee or on a bus bench or something waiting to go to a class. He said, you know, I don't want to be a star. He said, you know, the stars, they come and go, but I want to be somebody, a character actor who just always works. And I Mm -hmm. thought the guy was crazy. I thought he was nuts. I'm like, why why would you ever settle for that? And yet today, in looking back, uh, I realized that this guy was so much wiser and so much smarter than I was. Um, yes, and, he was. <laughs> yeah, and, and probably still is. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. But I mean, but I mean, in other words, some people understand it as a business, you know. And 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 it, you know, when Rick, if he can consistently work, or anyone can consistently work and make what a living, what a lucky it, guy. Yeah, what, what, a, what, lucky a, what a lucky guy. That's successful. That's I, really I think successful. That stardom is something that uh, happens by chance, really. You know, that um, a young Tom Cruise who was working his way uh, along the way and did Taps and did The Outsiders then gets cast in a movie like Risky Business that, yes, it's the leading role, but the fact that the movie was so enormously successful and that he was so terrific in it and that uh, serendipity of that part in that movie at that moment coming together that propelled him into stardom is something that nobody can plan for. Nobody can uh, try to arrange. It just it just happens. Um, you know, Julia Roberts in Mystic Pizza sort of gave her the opportunity to be seen on a on a broader playing field, and by great good luck, she gets cast opposite Richard Gere, who is an established star in Pretty Woman, and she is delicious and delightful, and the world falls in love with her. There's no way to plan for that. All you can do is consistently do the best possible work, be prepared, be prepared, be prepared. And when you have the great fortune of opportunity coming uh, your way and you're prepared for it, then sometimes magic happens. 
Well, let me follow that up then. What when you say that? Because uh, you know some of the some of the points that you know I hope to discuss. You know, learn the business that you want to be in, and you know what we're talking about, what it takes to make in Hollywood. But but how do they prepare? What is it that they need to know? What what um, what is preparation for the actor today that that uh, that makes a difference? Well, they well, need I to know what 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 the material is for what if you're going to come if somebody's coming in to audition for a show on uh, CW or on Nickelodeon, it's a different thing than if they're going to come in and audition for a movie for me. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it, or a sitcom, there's a certain beat that you have to do in a sitcom. If you don't, it's going to suck. So, it, it, so you have to know what the piece is that you're going to go in for to start with. That's excellent advice. I mean, it certainly is excellent advice. Um. And I think it's also important for young actors to understand not just the business that they're in, but if you want to be in the theater, do your research. Find out who are the other great actors um, who, who came before you. Why is it that people are still talking about when Marlon Brando did a streetcar named Desire uh, on Broadway and, and what was it that he did? And read about the lives of great actors, great producers, great writers. Have, have some real understanding of the, you wouldn't become a scientist or um, a business person without knowing about, you know, Thomas Edison. <laughs> in, in the same way, I think that it's really important for actors to have a, an understanding of how the acting world has, even the techniques, you know, is revolutionary as Marlon Brando was, and, and that was sort of the, the change over from a, a more old-fashioned, staid way of acting to a more naturalistic way of acting. It's evolved and evolved and evolved since Marlon Brando and his mumbling and his actor's studio method way of doing things. Uh-huh. Why? What, what is the difference between, you know, if you watch old movies where everything is a little more heightened and a little more stylized and how totally different and naturalistic things are today. What's that evolution about and how do you fit into it? And are you doing, you know, a musical comedy or are you doing a realistic drama? If you watch The Sopranos on on television, it's so different from old gangster movies. And I think that the only way that you could sort of appreciate what we have today is to see where it's all come from. And it's really invaluable to study the work of Actors like William Hurt, who are just you know totally brilliant yeah. actors and and have done such an incredible range of parts. Watch somebody who's really a terrific actor. Watch all their old movies to see what their growth has been. That, that is excellent advice, and I would I would also offer um, to filmmakers that this is important for both sides of the camera. I, I am I'm amazed at how many actors don't know who precedes them or filmmakers who don't know what filmmakers preceded them or what actors uh, you know, were 20 or 30 years ago. I mean, there, there's, there's sometimes, you know, people wear blinders. They don't think to look back. I, I remember mm-hmm. an actor friend of mine, he had like 300 credits in television and he was uh, being cast in something. And I said, well, what have you done? He said, well, I've done 300 Episodes in television. I don't know if it's casting. I'm just. It was somebody who he's interviewing. with said he said, "Well, I've done 300 episodes in television," and, and the guy was like, "Well, I don't know who you are." <laughs> and he was he was put off a little bit, you know, because you're like, you know, I've I've had co-starring roles and all this good stuff, and nobody knows who I am today. 
and uh, and I think actors, I think some older actors face that, you know. Um, oh sure. Yeah. You know that that they just aren't they aren't known anymore, you know. Or well, let mm-hmm. me well, let me. I have a I have a bunch of questions from the chat room, but let me ask you this. You, you know, you. Uh, I mean, is it fair to say you have a different kind of career than a lot of casters? I mean, you're 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 working with some really big players in terms of directors and movies that you've done. I mean, if there's, a, you know, some of the top movies ever have you guys have cast. So, um, I, I, but but at the same time, or as you say in your book, I mean, you might have 50 or 100 roles to cast, so you're casting, you know, from the, the superstar all the way down to, you know, the bit, the bit part or the day player. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, uh, how is it, I'm not sure what I'm trying to ask here. It's just, if somebody comes into you today, is it appreciably different than if they're going to what you, what Janet, you said a little while ago, if they're going to CW or if they're going to Disney or if they're going to a TV show? I mean, um, Uh, I I don't think so. I think the job of casting is, is, is no matter what the style of the project that you're working on is, um, excuse me, uh, we all have the same uh, needs to fulfill to um, to hire actors for all of the parts, whether it's on a sitcom or a commercial or a soap opera or a film for Francis Coppola. The 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 ultimate medium is the the process is is exactly the the same. So I don't think that um, because we've been fortunate enough to work with with directors like like Francis Coppola and Ron Howard and and Chris Columbus and Wolfgang Peterson, the process is no different than if you are working for a total unknown director in a little tiny low budget uh, independent film. The or difference is the commercial. actors that will come in. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or, or when it, it's sort of in dealing with if you're doing, you know, a Ron Howard movie or you're doing an unknown independent. You get you certainly get a, your phone calls returned quicker on a Ron Howard movie. Um, I think you do. And, yeah, so it's it's uh, you know, it's uh, but but every movie you you audition and you need uh, you know you need all those people. So it's it's ultimately it's the same it's the same same thing we all do. I think. All right, all right. Let me ask you this from the chat room. Um, uh, Anna Lorraine uh, asks. Um, is it necessary to have a ton of acting classes on your resume, and do you and do you look at someone with more classes above someone who doesn't? It depends on how good you are. Yeah, I mean, it, frankly, I don't care what how many done, classes you take; it's what you do with the classes that you've taken. One 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 of the one of the things that uh, actually actors, you know, as soon as we'll have you know a, a, a new actor that's you know being co- getting coaching and all, which is all great, and they'll. Uh, we'll put out an audition, and they'll take this audition, and sometimes, sometimes the acting coach will tell them exactly how to do this scene. So then it, and when we're auditioning, maybe that's not the way we want the scene done, so we'll try to make an adjustment, and they can't make any adjustment because that's the way they learned the scene. Mm-hmm. That's not going to get you a job. Can I ask this, then? Mm-hmm. What if the reading isn't that great in other words you know they're not that familiar they've gotten their sides but you know they just can't you know mm-hmm. for whatever they, they just blow the reading but mm-hmm. you you know do you oftentimes say here try it again just to find out if they can take direction 
Or oh, yeah, if absolutely. Oh, absolutely. So, if there is a spark of something, you know, if you see something in it. Somebody in can an come aspect. in and have a terrible reading, but there's something about this person that we like, so whether it's on that one or something else, we want to we wanna investigate right. this persona. Okay, awesome. I mean, so so that that point take is, but I mean, you you are going to see. I mean, it is it is almost crucial to know whether they can take direction. Yeah. So that if oh, they're absolutely. working directly, absolutely. especially if they're under, do you look at their resume then and and go, are their credits on par with this project? In other words, if we were put them in there, do they have enough experience, or does that not matter so much, or what? Yes, uh, yes, and yes, and no. You do want to have an actor, depending on the size of the part. You want to have somebody that you have confidence in that they've done this before, that they know what they're doing. They're not going to get on the set. You know, being in our office in front of us is entirely different than actually getting the job and being on the movie set with 150 crew people around you and cameras in, in your face. And so if it's a, a substantial part, you want to know that, you've, that you're hiring somebody who has hopefully done this more than once and is not going to become you know uh, totally uh, intimidated by all of the people standing around. Or, e- or even if it's a small part and it's with the star of the movie, they, they, we, the director does not want to do ten takes on cop number two who can't get the, who's too too nervous mm-hmm. in a scene with our star. So that that's even more so probably that. So so the unknown as cop number two has probably got a whole lot more credits than you would realize. Not necessarily. You know, oh. it, no. Somebody could come in and they've got the, the, sort of their persona instills confidence in you. You figure if somebody comes in and they, they like quake whatever you say anything, then that's somebody a little too delicate uh-huh. to be on the set, I think. Yeah. Can you do you spot hunger? I mean, you see people who, who you know, this is their all or nothing shot in their head that, that you know, if I don't get this, I don't eat for three months. Mm. I mean, that operation is never a, an, a, an appealing quality. That's, that's, right. Yeah, you you got to keep that to yourself. So, and, and I mean, it, in all fairness to you, I mean, you're professionals. You you have a history. You have a reputation. You work with these with these with these people, uh, and 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 your job is to find the right person for the part, and to make sure they're professional so that they don't call you up, you know, and go, who'd you send me? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I mean, I think that's. I mean, I think everybody who who does a job or who places people, you know, has has that consideration. I need to find the best person so that they call me up and go, "Thanks, <laughs> thanks for sending me that person. That was great." Um, I mean, I don't, I don't. There's nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? I mean, that 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 there's a there's a pride in what you do. So you're you're really and, and as I said before, you're always looking for the person. Uh, I think you're always hoping that the next person that comes in or this person that comes in is the is the one who's going to get it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think enough actors understand that. I think uh, they they sometimes think that there are gatekeepers or people who are trying to keep them out or they're not on their side. But 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 truly, you're I, trying I, to make. Yeah, I think a lot of actors think of casting directors as the gatekeeper, as the enemy who's keeping them from getting this job, and nothing could be further from the truth. The casting director uh, is most frequently the actor's best advocate, best friend, and um, and frequently we fight vehemently for an actor that we believe in. But our primary job is to fulfill the director's vision of what he wants to see up on the screen, and you know that is the first order of of business. And so you're looking for those actors who best meet all of those requirements. 
Wow, it is amazing, uh, and I appreciate that. We've got about 15 minutes on the outside remaining in the show, and I have a question from Oxy Blues, who says, well, I wonder how big a role nepotism plays in actors getting roles. It, not not getting the roles. I mean, certainly nepotism, I'll, I'll do some auditions, but ultimately, generally speaking, it's going to be the best, per- not too much. I mean, if it's down between somebody's kid and some unknown, then the kid will probably get it. A little bit, but not that much. Certainly, and, not, for and big, certainly, certainly not, not for big in, parts. And a consequential role. No. You know, nepotism will get you in the door. Nepotism will get you seen if somebody calls up and says that they're representing so-and-so's niece or so-and-so's, you know, daughter or son. Well, you'll see that person on the hopes that the talent is in the family genes but it doesn't necessarily mean that they actually are, and it doesn't guarantee that that actor will become uh, a successful actor just because he's related to so-and-so. It but helps, but it, it's, it not, it's, not, it's not what people think that it's, you know, it's all somebody's kid. It, it, it doesn't work that way. Or somebody's mistress. Maybe we'll get a little part. They're not going to get the lead in a movie. Okay, you know, it, well... It's interesting because uh, Ron Howard's daughter, Bryce Dallas Howard, is now enjoying a very successful career. And when she, she's been chomping at the bit to be an actor since she was a child, and Ron, being a child actor, uh, very vehemently would not allow her to, um, to be in any of his movies. And he, you know, he said she, she had to go to college, and once she graduated, she could do whatever she wanted. And while she was still in school, an agent spotted her in a school play. And um, that's how her career began. And, um, you know, she, she is the product of, of being known as Ron Howard's daughter, but he has not contributed to her career in, in any real way. Wow. <laughs> she well, made, she, you know, she made it all on her own, as it should be. That is that is awesome and impressive both on, on both parts, uh, father and daughter. Um, yeah, I think. Although have... Ron does give his father parts in all his movies as well, he should. Absolutely. And his brother, who has his own career. And his brother. They, yeah. Well, they they both had they're their fabulous. own career, right. um, and, and and they're both very interesting actors. And uh, you know, so so you know, I don't know if that's if this, that can be construed as just nepotism i think they're both good luck talisman for mm-hmm. for all of his films well and and i'm i'm hoping to have clint as a guest uh, sometime soon and uh, and we've been talking about that but but you know i think all anyone has to do is look anywhere around hollywood or new york around the world for that many in, in terms of entertainment industry and there are lots of brothers sons sisters nieces whatever yeah, look that at, aren't you know donald children. trump his children are in his business it's a family business Right. Is that nepotism? <laughs> well, no, but uh, but at the same time, there are plenty of people who are family members who aren't working and can't work. You know, in other mm-hmm. words, nepotism yeah. doesn't rule the day. You know, it, no. it, it, it's uh, maybe it should, but it doesn't, and it can't. So, um, somebody asks, Animal Rain asks again, says, um, are they? <laughs> well, I guess what he's trying to say, it says, are they honest with the actor that was close but needs to work on some things so that they will want to cast him in the near future? I guess, is there an opportunity to provide a person who's close for the part but doesn't get it with some feedback to say, you know, you're just not ready for this or 
uh, work on this and come back or go take some class. Oh, you know, I, mean, I, I think that's what the question is being asked. I, I think it's, very, it's a very difficult thing to, to give. Um, the, the feedback is, is that you just didn't get the job, and the why of why you didn't get the job, the minutia of that is sometimes impossible to describe. If it's an actor who's really needs to, you know, is just not ready for prime time, it's something that I'll perhaps tell the agent that uh, this actor needs to be back in a, in, in class, but the, the, to try to dissect it and give an actor something that they can really take away with them is very difficult because it's hardly ever that specific. I mean, the, the sort of if, if somebody sometimes an actor doesn't know that they were down to the final three, so sometimes you know we'll let them know that that you know it was really close. They really liked you, and you know this other person got the job. So you know you could do, but it's, it's getting not, down to the final three is pretty good. No kidding. I mean that's <laughs> that's as good as you get at that point. Somebody gets the job and somebody doesn't, but you did good enough to get there. So that so so in that so they they go up a notch in our in our uh, in our pantheon also. Well, I also just think logistically. I mean, it would be a nightmare to try and give everybody feedback. And, and no. plus, I mean, yeah. during the audition process, I mean, they're in, they're out. The next person's in, and and oftentimes it's it's the agent who passes on the news, or or yeah, it's always the agent. Always lack of, you know, the lack of news. You know that that because uh, it would just be too hard to to provide an answer with every for every candidate that ever crossed your you know your doorstep. Right. Uh, we have. You know, we have about seven minutes left, and, and this has been fabulous. I do. I, I, I hope you'll come back. Sure. We'd like to. <laughs> Good, because I'll let the yes. listeners know when that's going to occur, because they, uh, the, the, the people are really enjoying the, this and uh, are, are, are um, making great comments, you know, great information. Thank you so much. Thank you. This is so cool, you know. Um, so uh, the the chat in the, the chatter in the chat room is is very very positive and as was I suspected it would be. But can I ask this question in the next maybe five minutes that we got and we may not be able to to get very far with it? But how do you get started where you are? Because I mean, nowadays, um, you know, we have the internet. We are. I'm in Milwaukee. You know, uh, raising a family pursuing what I pursue. People are all around the country, all around the world, trying to break into Hollywood or break into movies somewhere. Um, how do you get started where you're at? Or does it Join require... a local theater company. Um, get involved in uh, local commercials. There's, in, in every city there are people doing commercials. There are agents. There are theater companies. Well, if not your city, a city nearby. <laughs> yes, and get involved on a local level where you can start to really hone your own talent get involved in community theater so that you start doing play after play after play because the only way to get to Carnegie Hall is practice, practice, practice. Very good. Do you uh, do you still get reels? I mean, do you see them? And if so, do you have any advice for actors on uh, the reel, or do you go to the Internet ever and look at an actor on, on some of these acting sites? If, if it's a, a, on a specific project, yes, but just to peruse the Internet to oh, see right, who's right. out there for, you know, if I'm no, there's I'm no sites that we particularly use, but, but, but frequently, even in the breakdowns now, they can uh, from the agents they can they can submit with somebody's reel, and we just have to click on the reel. So so certainly we use reels all the time. And is there any anything you prefer or like or dislike about reels? I mean, uh, in terms of length or or 
Well, short. they need to be. They need to be sh- short. You can you can see something interesting in l- literally a minute or two. Probably they don't not have to go on and on more and on. Than a minute. Yeah. I'm sorry, Jane. Janet. I, I said we're probably not going to look at more than a minute or two. So okay. put the good stuff up front. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Now, uh, I, I, I will ask this final question. Somebody arrived in the chat room and said, sorry if this already came up, but can the writer influence casting? Uh, what if they have a specific uh, person in mind? Will the studio or casting or consider that actor? And I guess it would de- depend on the, on who on the writer. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. if, if the writer wrote this with somebody in mind, then uh, we'd certainly consider it. And then it, it's always up to the director to make that final decision. You know, when we were doing A Perfect Storm, there was a character, and we said to Wolfgang, we have the perfect person for this particular part, and we named the actress Rusty Schwimmer. And he said, oh, I think that's who the writer had in mind. Wow. And she was it. You know, he wow. did know, the, the writer did know Rusty Schwimmer, and she was the first, the description was so Rusty mm-hmm. Schwimmer that Janet and I said, well, the perfect person for this is Rusty Schwimmer, and there she was. She got the job, and she was fabulous. Mm-hmm. Wow. wow! And and actually, on the Princess Bride, we when uh, we when we met Robin Wright finally, you know, after all the auditions, it was to show her to William Goldman, who said that's what he wrote. So then we knew we got it right. Did you? <laughs> but it, it, you know, it takes a, it certainly takes a writer with some uh, with some clout. A Can, regular writer is not is not usually involved with the casting. Did you bring? And they may be they may oh, be with the director, but not with us. Awesome. Uh, I, I, don't want, I don't want to. Did you did you did you did you bring in uh, Mandy Pintenkin for that? Did you cast him in that? Yes, he came into audition in New York. Yeah. Uh, if there ever were there was a, a a part and a person who were wedded <laughs> or meant to be, it was that. I have not been able to watch prior or since really Mandy Pintenkin with as much enjoyment. Without as thinking as, about the Six Finger Man. With exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he really. That. I mean, if ever there was a standout for me, I mean, that certainly yeah. was it. That was brilliant. So it is one of my um, all-time favorite movies. Absolutely, mine too. Mine too. And I, and I, I, I got to agree. Great dialogue, great lines. I love. I love the the script. I love the book. The book was sensational. There's a, a book that Goldman wrote that the movie is based on that is even funnier and wilder. All right. So the 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 question has come up, and that is, how do we get uh, our info to uh, you guys? How how does that process they can, work? And they, can, a- they can send it to us, care of the CSA office, the Casting Society of America office, um, which is at 606 North Larchmont Boulevard, Suite 4B is in Boy, Los Angeles 9004. Um, that's probably the best way, but in all honesty, you know, to inundate us with pictures and resumes when we're not looking for something specifically right now is uh, is really a crapshoot. And, and so typically when when you're involved in a project, the agencies will get the information and the breakdowns will have it and, and, and uh, people will find Ab- out that way. Absolutely. And, you know, it's sad to say, but it is very hard to see uh, actors who aren't represented. And that's always, you know, the biggest catch in an actor's career. How do I get the agent? But right. it's, there are so many. You know, there are 122,000 members of the Screen Actors Guild. It would be really impossible to deal with as all of the actors who don't have representation. And that's tough. It really is tough, which is why I say that if you start where you are, do local theater, get some reputation, get you know, get confidence, get credits, it builds up from there. 
so that some agent sees you in a production and says, I have to handle that person. So, so, first, so, do, the first, so do the first job uh, an actor, especially in L.A., needs is, you know, you need some representation. And so if they, if they stay home and build, become a big fish in a small pond, so to speak, they have uh, more cachet when they get to Hollywood, perhaps? Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. It then really they have that much more difference. experience than some of the others. Mm-hmm. It Very really good. makes a big difference. Well, that's that's great advice. And, and both you, Jane, and Janet, I can't thank you enough for being here today. We are now out of time. I want to give you the last minute or two if you just have any closing thoughts, um, and then and then we will be saying goodbye. We'll let the listeners know when you're going to return, but, uh, but this has been absolutely fabulous. Uh, the book, again, is A Star is Found, Our Adventures, casting some of Hollywood's biggest movies by Janet Hershenson and Jane Jenkins. Uh, so uh, I'll just give you turn the floor back over to you if there's any final... Yes. I uh, want to thank you so much for uh, this opportunity. It's been a delight talking to you, and uh, and thank you so much for for reading the book and being interested. Oh well, it's uh, it's wonderful, and I, I encourage everyone to get it. So uh, <laughs> absolutely, um, you know, thank you both for being here, uh, J- Janet. I, I, did you did you want to say something before you went? Uh, uh, no, no I had a good time. I'm <laughs> going to get my second cup of coffee now. All right, good, good. Well, glad again, I'm glad that you were here. Uh, a wealth of information. Uh, very popular in the chat room. I know this is going to be an extremely popular show, and, and I appreciate that so much. Have a fabulous day. Stay cool. Okay, thanks a lot, Rex. And we'll be talking soon. So thank you, and enjoy your day. Take, Take care. care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, that was, uh, again... Uh, Janet Hershenson and Jane Jenkins, uh, I thank them so much for being here. And again, to all of my people in the chat room, uh, please uh, reach out, share this interview, this podcast with others. Uh, even though it's it's after the fact now, it's 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 uh, going to be an archive show. Uh, continue to spread the word, tweet about it, and and you know really when when we're talking, you can always tweet the points that the uh, that the guests are making, and just put that on Twitter and say so and so says. You know, and it's another way to captivate uh, people who are out there. But reach out, touch someone, grab someone, make us a favorite, make us a friend, follow us right where you are. And if you're at uh, the podcast site or uh, if you're listening to this live or even archived on uh, Blog Talk, then go ahead and uh, leave comments and rate and review the shows. Yes, I agree. It was an incredible show today. And um, a, a side of the business a lot of people are ignorant of. And, and I want to thank uh, both Jane and Janet for uh, illuminating us. And, um, you know, I just feel blessed. I, I just feel really lucky to be able to uh, have these conversations and uh, have guests like like Jane and Janet on my show uh, and, and share this information with you because that's really what it's all about. It's about, it's about getting it out there. And uh, and I appreciate it when you reach out and uh, help me do that. And I thank uh, my guests for helping me do that. And uh, you, the readers and listeners of Movie Beat. So we've got many more exciting guests coming up in the near future. Uh, stay tuned. Please keep sharing this website and the interviews. And um, remember, you can become a, a, a member of the uh, Rex Sykes Movie Beat Friends on Facebook just by going to Facebook and, and searching it out and, and clicking like and uh, you can retweet me or follow me on Twitter at Rex Sykes Movie BT. That's Rex Sykes Movie BT. All right, everybody, have a fabulous day. Make your movies, complete your projects, and until we meet the next time, that's a wrap.